0: And welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to Be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Hash. My name is Will and I'm joined by Trinity. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FXHash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is just for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at WaitingToSigned to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer a visual language, on Instagram at WaitingToBeSigned. If you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens at our Tez wallet address, wtbs.tez, and our ETH address, wtbs.eth. But of course, the best way you can support the show is by collecting the FX text article that accompanies each episode. It's a great way to follow along with all the art and links and references and everything that we talk about. If you're looking for a visual guide to what we are discussing, go check out the FX text article and mint it if you want to support us. And, and, and as we'll talk about soon in the show, we have an upcoming collab with Thomas Noya that you can mint and enjoy in a couple of weeks, but we'll get to that soon. Trinity, how's it going? We're both back.
1: We're both back. We were back for a week, but now we're both back again. It was great having Brendan on the show, really great perspectives, but I'm also very happy to see you again.
0: Oh yeah. It's always good to be back.
1: How the heck was Mexico, my man?
0: Mexico was really nice. Tulum is very built up. It's very different from the last time we were there seven or eight years ago when we were just a young couple full of childless privilege, you know, able to (laughs) do whatever we wanted and not worry about what time it is and who needs a nap and who's hungry. We took my uncle, whom you know, down as well. Just having one extra adult on the trip we thought would be helpful and you know he's not like exactly jumping in to change diapers or anything and or do her bedtime routine but just literally having someone to hand the baby to while you're eating that's everything sometimes <laughs> so
1: that was the number yeah. one thing in italy is once we were out of our group part of the trip and in a hotel we could not eat dinner because she would go to bed so early and then we can't leave the room like We got room service every night. And then there was one night where we figured that our baby monitor, which is not Wi-Fi connected, but it's like there's a range that it goes. Yes,
0: yeah. Same for us. The
1: hotel bar was in range. Oh. (laughs) And so at one point we just went down to the hotel bar and had drinks, which is awesome.
0: We managed to have some nice dinners. Tulum has some great restaurants. Biggest recommend to anyone who's going down there, check out ARCA. It's not cheap, it's New York prices. Actually, like a lot of the places we ate were New York prices. It was surprising considering it was Mexico, but I guess that's just a sign of how built up the city is now.
1: It makes sense. One of my coworkers during COVID, he just went to Tulum for six months and worked from there. So I guess it's just the, uh, is that gentrification?
0: I guess. I mean, if you're living there, I'm sure you can get by in a more inexpensive fashion, but also my uncle, like every morning he was like, so he's, he's kind of like a boomer. He's like a younger boomer. And man, he is like not interested in trying the local cuisine. He's like, I want to eat on the beach. So that meant going to a resort every morning. We stayed in an Airbnb, which was nice. But every morning he was like, let's go to one of these resorts and eat. It's like $22 pancakes, you know, $8 coffee. I mean, it's like by Mexico standards, really expensive when you're traveling that way. But at the same time with a baby, it was like, okay, I don't have to really worry like things here are really clean and we want to be able to feed her off the plate. You know, she's over one now, so she's eating a lot of food and you don't want to have to second guess necessarily the cleanliness of the kitchen and things like that. That was my biggest concern was that she was going to get sick.
1: Well, it sounds like she has been sick this week, but I guess unrelated.
0: Unrelated, I think, but who's to say? She didn't get sick from the food, right? She wasn't vomiting.
1: She got sick on the airplane. We'll just put it something like that.
0: Like It might have been a mild ear infection, but she's over it now. She went to bed normally tonight. We're very grateful. <laughs> the first few days of recovering from the trip were actually very difficult because of her getting sick.
1: We have only had one sickness. I mean, to be fair, that was COVID, which is not fun, but
0: not fun. When babies get sick, they tell you
1: they, oh my gosh, it, they she, make it your problem. And she said, I will not stop screaming unless you are holding me in your arms literally all night.
0: That was my huge fear because this, so we came back late Thursday that was why I didn't want to be on the episode Friday because it was like we got back. By the time we got back, it was like after midnight. I was like, I can't get up and do the show. So again, big thanks to Brandon for, for jumping in there. She didn't get sick till Sunday. So it was like, okay. We, I thought we were in the clear. But she was had such a high fever and she was so inconsolable that the only way we could get her to relax was by taking her into the bed with us. And I was like, oh no, like I don't want to take this genie out of the bottle. She spent three nights basically sleeping with us This is the only way we could calm her down, get her to sleep, even with Tylenol and everything. Just like I was very worried that when she finally got over it, she wouldn't tolerate being put back into her crib, but oh, she did it. She made the transition back. (laughs) Fingers crossed.
1: I have my fingers crossed for you. I'm also actively knocking on wood. Okay. Hopefully you you heard that. That that got picked up. Okay. (laughs) Excellent. I mean, it sounds like it was a great way to spend like a first big trip in a pseudo controlled environment nothing too crazy and you know you'll adventure out and do more crazy wacky stuff from here for
0: sure i mean sometime in the next couple years we have to do japan she's half japanese there's some family over there that she needs to visit some especially elderly family who you know when they're over 90 it's like at any point you know you could just miss that window so we need to figure that out sooner rather than later, but a 14-hour flight is a lot longer than a four-hour flight. <laughs> she did well on the four-hour flight, but 14, man, I don't know. That would be quite a lot. I think Plus even us,
1: where we get antsy.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And she can't really enjoy watching movies yet, so.
0: No. So yeah, that's babies. That's Mexico. Everything was surprisingly uneventful. I wouldn't say it was relaxing, but it was fun. Not nearly as bad as I prepared myself for I don't know. How do we transition this into the Lonely Boy interview? I feel like there's something about being prepared for bad times and
1: bad tax situations. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, the Lonely interview came out this week. We recorded it actually several weeks ago just because of both of our travels and stuff and try to line up around that. That was a really good interview. Yeah. Coming out of it, I was so excited. It's like, wow, this is going to be amazing after the edit, especially. Haven't seen people really reacting to it too much outside of a few people saying they liked it in Discord. But man, if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen. It's a totally different side of Lonely Boy from his Twitter persona. Just 80 minutes of unfiltered takes and stories and a lot of emotion. I really enjoyed that conversation.
1: I think one of the things that is great about that interview is that you know sometimes when we're talking to artists or collectors or whomever, there's a lot of back and forth. It's the question and answer. And here it was just a lot of just unfettered, unbridled, pure, lonely boy because he's able to interview himself. And just, (laughs) (laughs) again, as you said, like the stories from the last, you know, three to four years of crypto, it's fantastic. All of the things that he's seen, all the things he's experienced. And also he's Gen Z, not to be ageist about it, but, you know, it's a lot lived, I would say, in relatively short time. Definitely. Maybe it's something that you can only do when you're young, but having just the all out, get out, let's do this type of mentality and energy, it's fantastic. Really encourage everybody to take a listen.
0: I mean, it honestly changed my opinion of him, like as a character in the space, you know, because we live online, we live in these spaces like Discord and Twitter, we live behind pseudonyms, and, you know, he definitely plays a, a character as we all do. On social media his character has at times I would say I've misinterpreted it and I think I kind of said as much in the interview I was like I assumed that you were just like a rich kid by your behavior and having that conversation with him and hearing him talk like really did change my understanding of who he was and his persona and, and added so much context and we got into a lot of topics with him about some of the hate you know frankly that he has received for having to manage his collection as someone who is not wealthy And having to figure out, like, how am I going to afford to do this, pay my rent, you know, pay my back taxes?
1: I can't imagine being in my early 20s and worrying about back taxes.
0: That's another theme for 2023. You know, (laughs) the last time I was here, I said, this is gonna be the year that art becomes a hobby again. It also sounds like this is gonna be a year where everyone learns about taxes again. It's more and more sounding like a lot of people, and, you know, judging by a lot of the liquidations going on, I have to assume some of that is tax related too. People are running the numbers and realizing maybe they owe stuff and that sucks, especially considering how down the markets are
1: but also if you owe stuff that means that you profited great so it's two sides of the coin paper profits (laughs) like you just needed to take some out of those profits i'm still regretting my well regretting having made a dragon sale in 2022 versus 2023 because now i have to worry about it yeah but i guess it's fine because it's also the same year that luna tanked and went to zero so they should
0: cancel themselves out it should cancel itself
1: yeah, Have you not done so. this yet? Have you not? No, I still not got, yet done you've my got, taxes. What, a week
0: and a half. You got to do this, Trinity.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll get on it right now. It's the <laughs> conversation of do I try to do this myself or do we get an accountant this late in the game? I don't know if the value out of an accountant is going to be worth it at this point.
0: To me, it's just the peace of mind, basically. And
1: TurboTax is peace of mind. It's literally no. software set up to do stuff.
0: One of the reasons I moved into accountants, I knew that the crypto stuff would make it complicated. So I wanted to get an accountant before I even started selling and realizing gains or losses. But two, like TurboTax, for whatever reason, would just like generate these forms for me that I just didn't need. Like something happened somewhere along the line where TurboTax thought I owned a business, and it kept serving me these forms. It's like I've never owned a business. Every year, I'd have to basically manually delete these forms and like go to like TurboTax FAQs and try to figure out like go to the little chatbot like why is it telling me I need this? It's asking me what my business address is. I've never had a business and I could not get it to just reconcile like my life with the software. And my life is very simple before crypto. It was literally just like a W-2 and that's it.
1: I mean, is that where we, should we incorporate, become an LLC?
0: Um, You know what? Let's see how the token sale goes. Okay. <laughs> that's a good transition, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I mean, Trinity, what do you want to say about this collab that we've kind of been plugging off and on since the Thomas Noya interview?
1: First of all, it's coming soon. As you will learn on Twitter, less than
0: two weeks from when this episode airs,
1: we're aiming for some time after NFT NYC. And the second thing I would say is that is it our best yet? I think so.
0: It's very different. It's very high concept, right? I mean, this is like it's art.
1: It's actually art. Not that our other ones weren't art; they were also no. logo projects.
0: They were it's all, all art. art. Everything except the ones that I made were art.
1: Those are art too, man.
0: <laughs> the, You're the, an the, the artist. Bare bones definition. But this one is so interesting because it really uses like the foundation of the first year of the show as the source material for it. We use an AI transcription service called Otter AI. It cost us like three months of subscription to run all the core weekly episodes from the first year through it and get transcriptions that way. And then Thomas took those transcriptions. I think we use GPT-2 was the one that he had access yeah. to easily to then build a custom model off of all that text. And if you listen to our interview with Thomas, he'll tell you. And if you look at his tweet thread from today too, you think a year is a lot of data, but it is not. <laughs> it was, it's not a lot, but that's what makes it fun and novel. Is like, cause you get a lot of weird stuff out of the model when it doesn't have sufficient data.
1: It's actually been a, a true collaboration in that sense where it's not just, you know, Thomas's innate knowledge and like, and use of the, these AI models and understanding how to leverage them and putting in the code. It's also the the hours of transcriptions from all the episodes that have happened so far. And it's also been the manual curation of seeds and yeah. um, phrases that go into the array that the project will be pulling from. And so it's been wacky for us to go in and just generate stuff and kind of pull out the best of the best and just... We have a really fun Discord chat going where we just share sh- things that are just crazy and wacky. And, and that's also why there's been some nonsensical stuff on Twitter recently.
0: Yes, yeah. I've been trying to tweet the, the especially funny ones and also the ones that kind of feel like within the voice of the show. Like there's some that just feel like they don't belong in the show at all, but that's just kind of the f- hilarity of doing a model like this. But then there are some that feel like very close. And what's really funny is seeing the differences in, I have to assume these are transcription errors from the AI. So like one string I found, where instead of Jerez, it was like Gyrus, Jairus, J A I R U S. Like so, it, there was it must have been some thing where they just based on the way we were speaking, it just came up with a spelling for Jerez that was wrong. It's like I find those little mistakes to be really funny. <laughs>
1: It's hysterical. And yeah. you know the way it's done is like setting up like what's the first sentence of the phrase?
0: Yeah. Or first word or the first, first three word. words. Yeah. yeah. So we have like a couple thousand strings curated out of the model now. So there should, if there's any repetition, it'll be very infrequent across however many. We're still deciding, is it going to be like 500 editions, a thousand editions? Like what's the pricing going to be? But there's plenty of text in there. So you're probably almost certainly going to get something unique out of it.
1: There's one that I just pulled up randomly and it's very appropriate. And it's this week we had another really fun episode with Liam Egan. Just <laughs> plugging away and we hit thirteen thousand listens, which is very appropriate for Liam Egan.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Or go
1: big or go home.
0: I would love it if one of our episodes ever got to thirteen thousand listens. I think we're approaching fifty thousand total listens. Yeah, forty-four five eighty. So we're getting, you know, we're getting into that fifty thousand range. Like that's pretty good. That's a lot of people who have listened to us talk. It's kind of hard to think about.
1: (laughs) It's all the milestones. Just remember when when we hit 1,000, when we hit 10,000, that was a big one. I think we shouted out way back last year at some point.
0: Yeah. Very exciting. And hey, you know, if you've been listening all this time, we haven't done a token in a while. If you haven't been donating, if you haven't been collecting the articles, if that's just not your thing, please be on the lookout for this token. This is basically our NPR fundraising drive, like our first big one in almost six months now since the Jarrah's poster project came out. So we have a lot of hopes and dreams tied to this project doing well and making us feel good about doing the show. So please consider collecting when it comes out. It's going to be really cool. It'll be in the queue for you to play with ahead of time.
1: Still figuring out sizing and pricing, but we want to make sure we get that right because it would be horrifically embarrassing if we missed (laughs)
0: well it would be embarrassing because one we misjudge the market and two because people don't want to support the show so that would be a double embarrassment in that case so we're hoping to avoid all that by having you all show up and collect this token on the news side here the only thing we really have is the nft nyc is coming up this week and we're gonna try to do some stuff i mean i'm planning to attend some stuff you're planning to attend some stuff I know you're on solo baby duty right now, but what do you think you're going to be able to do for NFT NYC?
1: Well, one thing I'm definitely going to be doing is on Wednesday at the uh, Proof of People setup, which is in Brooklyn, actually right around the corner from where we used to play Magic and a really great brewery called Threes Brewery. Definitely go. I'll be a panelist on a panel that's been put together by Ozzy, who we all know and love, even though he's a cat, or maybe especially because he's a cat. From my understanding, the panel will be about the displaying of generative art and NFTs into the future. So it's really fascinating topic, and I've never been on a panel before, so I'm looking forward to it. I figure it's just like a podcast, but I'm looking at a bunch of people instead of looking at Will's face right here in our podcasting software.
0: It'll be easy. You know, just kind of be like, I have my hollow at the top of the steps. i love to have it there. Done and done.
1: Something about Gen Z and phones and, you know, you want your art where you are. <laughs> yeah. um, is that a good platform to have? I don't think that's my platform, but it is a platform.
0: I just think it's cool that you're being asked onto a panel that's not just like women in something, you know? <laughs> you know that's like true. That's, that's pretty cool. So is that on Wednesday, you said?
1: That's on Wednesday at five oh five. I don't think that they've put anything out on Twitter about it, but once they do, we'll be sure to retweet it and you know, know, I'll be there and hanging out if you're in the area.
0: I think I'll be there for that actually. I put so- you on
1: the guest list. They asked oh, okay. me if I wanted people on the guest list and I put your name down.
0: Even better. So I also independently signed up for the guest list through another link that was given to me. So my plan for Wednesday was to come in and take some meetings from threes, because there's uh Wi-Fi there and then In between meetings, jump over to the proof of people thing and see who's there and just like check out the art and talk to people and go to a live event, which I've never really done. And then uh, there's like maybe a party or a dinner after that that I'm going to try to go to if I can get my 8 p.m. call canceled.
1: I think that you can just cancel that call. You have a conflict. You have a conflict.
0: We'll see. It also depends on if our nanny will babysit two nights in a row because on- Thursday is like the Zan Can big plotter event out in Red Hook, which I also want to go to. So it's like two nights in a row of doing stuff, but we'll see. I'm definitely going to try to make it work because this might be it. You know, There's no other New York events probably this year, and I'm not sure what travel we'll be able to do. So this is like the big hurrah of live events for us.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a big one. So I'll try to join you as well on Thursday. Again, solo, baby duty, it's going to be tough, but Claire is super supportive of me getting out and seeing the world and doing things meeting people and this is you know obviously like this is more than a hobby I think this is like a second job slash primary passion I'm more passionate about this than work usually
0: yeah it's very enriching for sure but we put a lot of time into it and but I'm super looking forward to hopefully meeting people so if you plan to be at any of these events and you want to say what's up or you want to drop in and Hang out at Threes around the corner or whatever, like just hit us up on Twitter at us or shoot a DM or hit us up on Discord those two days, like that's kind of where we're gonna be floating around. So let us know.
1: I'm wondering if threes is not just gonna be like stupidly crazy all those days. And if the secret tech is to go an extra block or two and go to Wild East.
0: Wild East. Do they have Wi Fi there is the question.
1: Well, I mean, you can work from threes. I'm just saying for like anything afterwards and just yeah, true, me- true, meeting and in- drinking delicious beer because wild yeast is at least as good as threes
0: um hmm. donations
1: donations we got one donation this week from ether or aether i think it's ether and that is reflections in a convex mirror so thank you so much
0: yeah i I didn't look at this token yet but i read the description as it appeared to me in um in a dream no, no not in a dream in crypto noises it says it's a like meta poem about collectors by collectors on fx hash so i think there's uh probably sounds some comp- like
1: our, 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 our drop
0: <laughs> yeah i know someone's already kind of stealing our thunder here a little bit so i don't know it's, it sounds it sounds intriguing i have to go check it out so thank you for that donation of course please check out the articles and check out the upcoming oh yeah drop if you want to support us all right topics and trends the big news this week is a shift on FX Hash toward collector tools. Hell yeah. Artists, get out of the way. It's collector time. The big one that was delivered. Was it delivered since you're recording with yeah. Brendan?
1: It came out unexpectedly. I mean, they'd been talking about it a little bit in Discord. A developer mentioned it in Discord right before Brendan and I started recording. And we were like, well, should we talk about this? Was this developer allowed to say that collection offers are coming out? But then, without any preamble, collection offers were there. I heard nothing about it. And it was just like, oh, this is a thing now.
0: Yeah, it's a thing now. And uh, man, those collection offers are low. (laughs) I'm not really seeing people come in at like 10% or 20% below floor. These are like, so far at least, the week one meta of offers is go like 60, 70, 80% below floor. And at first I was like, who's accepting these? And then I looked at the sales feed and I was like, whoa, people are accepting these. It's kind of interesting to see, like just today, a Punk'd Well went on offer. I don't know if it was a offer offer. It was or like a, collection a collection offer. offer. I,
1: I saw that collection offer in my set of offers for like one seventy nine. There was another yeah. one was for one fifty.
0: One fifty. I mean, geez, like a lot of stuff just going for like single digits or low double digits. Things that you would assume would be going a lot higher. And on the one hand, it's like clearing out these floor pieces, right? Like it's kind of shaking out people who just have really weak hands. It's not like there's like waves and waves of people accepting these offers. But on the other hand, it's like, ooh, it's kind of scary, I guess, to see people willing to let go of these tokens so cheaply sometimes.
1: It's a sign of the times, which is really scary. It is an influx of in liquidity and excitement. And we've seen a ton more movement on the secondary and the primary, honestly, I think. But it's also interesting to see how this affects some of the, the more illiquid projects that usually don't see a ton of movement. The one that came to mind was Hardeen by MJ Lindo. The floor has gone up. It's gone down. Um, as of even just a month or two ago, it was in the 120s or so. And multiple offers were accepted day for 30 tests. And yeah. so it's really helpful for price discovery in that and particular And from collectors sense.
0: we know too, right? Like from mm-hmm. Brendan, for example, who just co-hosted the show was one of the people taking those offers. So it's like-
1: That's where it's, what's your perspective? You know, if you're somebody who minted, Hardine for however much it was, it was two tests to mint. You you made back what like a fifteen X, right?
0: Well, not if you factor in USD.
1: Well, if you're I mean, not factoring in you USD. You might be
0: doubling up maybe a little less after fees. Here's one that just happened right before we started. So we're recording on Thursday night this week. A lemon princess by Press Tube went for sixteen Tes. Sixteen Tez on Lemon Princess. That's
1: criminal. I would have bought that. Yeah. But collection offers, they are risky in that sense that you're kind of opening yourself up to the entire collection. When it comes to Lemon Princess, I actually really only like the outfits that are like the thumbnail. I want to be a little bit choosy with that. That's the trade-off, But at right?
0: 15 tes, do you really yeah, I care. care to be that choosy? I care. I don't yeah, know. for
1: certain projects, I really care.
0: Okay. That was just very surprising to me.
1: I think there's a lot more to come with support for collection offers. The notifications are minimal at best. The way that things are sorted, it's really hard. You can't see an, like the offers that are tied to a project. You have to actually go into your dashboard to do it. And also, it doesn't encourage you to accept the best offer. For example, if there are five offers on small skulls, you have to like scroll through, figure out which one is the highest one. I'm sure that some people have gotten burned.
0: There's a lot of UI UX work that can be done on this. I was noticing that too. It's like, why is it even showing me this offer for twelve Tes when there's an offer for fifteen Tez there? Yeah. And why would I go to the project page does it not show me that there are global offers on this project in the tab called offers, which is weird. But I think a lot of that stuff is coming. A lot of that stuff should just be like very cosmetic changes. It shouldn't require big changes to the contract or anything.
1: No, it's just making sure that it's pulled up anywhere. And I'm actually I would like to applaud FX hash for Putting this out is not a Band-Aid fix. It's something that's like desperately needed for liquidity in these really dark times, if you will. (laughs) And it's test and learn. You know, you're putting something out. You're learning a lot about what people need from them using it. And so you're able to then iterate really quickly. That's something that we saw with Params, right? It could have been a bigger slash better release. There were some issues, but they've already adjusted and fixed a lot of those issues, which is kudos for sure.
0: The other projects that stood out to me earlier today, two different chaos research went for 90 Tez.
1: What's the floor on chaos research?
0: Let's pull it up.
1: 149.
0: 149. I mean, it's a project that's fallen a lot, but I'm just thinking back to, it literally came out like Christmas 2021. This was like Alluvium's first big project on the platform.
1: I know that you went big on it. You really enjoyed that piece a lot.
0: It was one of my big first like risky Flip attempts. I saw the piece come out. I thought it was very cool at the time. It was definitely singular. Like there was nothing that looked like it on the platform. I actually don't think there is still anything that looks like it on the platform.
1: Wow. What about the follow up to Chaos Research? Chaos Memory. Chaos
0: Memory. But that was that's a pretty long follow up, right? But even so, like it's kind of missing that drippy inky thing. Like Chaos Research has this like thing to it that was so thrilling at the time. Galaxy was big on it. Galaxy bought a bunch of them and was like talking it up in price discussion. And back when he actually was engaged in FX Hash and doing Twitter lists of like projects that he thought were really good, that one had so much hype. And to see it 14, 15 months later, 16 months later, people selling it for 90 tests, taking probably really big losses, like in dollar terms on it. I never would have guessed based on the sentiment at the time and just what seemed like genuine appreciation and interest in the project. And then also small skull, like a small skull went for under 200.
1: 170?
0: Something like that. So that was kind of surprising to see.
1: It's interesting with small skull in particular. It's the, such a liquid project. And I think I bought mine, which I, I thought were incredible deals at the time, like around like the 300, 350 mark. And the way that the floor has moved on those in particular is just insane. It's so low. Like the floor is around 200 now. It's crazy. And the fact that people are accepting offers on these relatively liquid projects just because they want to be able to sell something immediately i don't have words honestly
0: and again from people who have been long-time holders i mean i understand if you have a lot of them maybe you shave a couple but like a, at the end of the day it's like just a couple hundred bucks like you're not even getting 200 bucks like what are you selling it for do you really need the money like is it taxes is it i just want to mint new stuff i don't want to put new money in we tried to do a poll. We tried to ask people why they're selling. We got no, no meaningful responses to that, unfortunately. So
1: I think that it's also for projects that aren't liquid, you know, you're taking a chance to recoup lost Tez. You know, you're not going to have that chance again unless something crazy happens, essentially a black swan event where all of a sudden this project moons because the, for whatever reason, maybe the artist is doing something on art blocks curated. I don't know. It's lubricating the market, so to speak.
0: It definitely is. And, and it's also, I mean, we're seeing it, right, in minting. I know that you had this slide to talk about later in the episode, but we're actually seeing some projects mint out this week. <laughs> and Yay. it could be because of this, right? It could be because that 150 Tez you took from your small school, you're using to go mint some Annabellers or some Eric Andwers, you know, that could be one of the reasons that some of these projects that deserve to mint out are actually minting out in the current market conditions.
1: Who knows? If anything, it's bringing people back, which I think could be a bigger factor here. There's something that's exciting to come to FX Ash to see that's not just art-based. I think maybe it's the the attention more than anything. Yeah. But that said, have you sent any offers or accepted any offers?
0: I've not accepted any.
1: Have you thought about accepting any?
0: No, not honestly, not close. They've just been so low. I've actually burned through most of my vault, especially this week on some pickups and that we'll get to in a moment. But at this point, I'm kind of feeling like the way markets are trending, I wouldn't feel bad potentially bringing in some new money to take advantage of these low prices. Like there's projects that are out there that I really want to own and hold and have conviction in long term. But I'm not trying to sell stuff at 80% discount to like get there, I guess. Not yet, at least. Mm -hmm. I put out an offer. What
1: did you put an offer on?
0: Five Tez on, okay. on uh, the Flynn's Project 300.
1: Oh, I saw that go through. Any takers?
0: No one took it, but I did see someone get an offer ex- accepted at seven Tez today. So maybe someone will come by. And I was mostly just wanted to like, experience the act of like using the tool and seeing what it felt like. And
1: I did accept an offer, actually.
0: Oh, what did you accept?
1: It was a project that I minted for one Tez. And there was an offer out there for 20, which Ooh. is well below floor, but. You know, considering that I didn't really remember minting it and I had bought some stuff earlier in the day. I was like, okay, this is a no brainer. Why not? I'll just go through it for the experience.
0: Well, what was it?
1: Actually, it was something from Emil.
0: Oh, I think I saw that sale go through. Okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Generative gestural abstraction.
0: Very nice. Thank you, Emil.
1: I sent out another five TES offer for a project 011822-00 which is one of my oh, favorite projects. Oh, that's that projects. weirdly
0: cool, like glitchy black and white one, right? Yeah.
1: I sold out of all of them in beta and I really regretted it. So I'm trying to just spy back in.
0: Yeah, that's a really cool one. Uh, should we depress ourselves with the quarterly update? The first yeah. quarterly update of
1: 2023. Slash ever for us. Ever
0: with the waiting to be signed index. So as a quick reminder, the idea behind this index is 30 projects that we have handpicked to represent the quote-unquote basket of projects on FX Hash to give us a holistic snapshot of what is going on with the FX Hash market. We've been tracking it week to week, month to month, and now we are doing it on a quarterly basis today. This is the first week of April. We started in the first week of January. And these projects were picked for a number of reasons by us. So these might not be your 30 projects, but there are 30 projects, and you can look on Twitter and stuff to see which ones we picked. What is the story, Trinity?
1: I think the story is that we're looking to tell the story of what has happened between January 8th, which was our arbitrary start date for all of this, and now. And the story is that Tez is doing spectacularly well. We're hitting that trough of 80 cents for Tez, and now we're up to 110. Amazing performance. Go, Tez. You've increased by 37.5%. Claps all around.
0: Yeah, that's great. So by the... Commutative law of cryptocurrency, that means all of our NFT should be up at least 37%. Is that the case?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No. No.
0: (laughs) No. Okay. So what happened?
1: (laughs) Well, if we're looking at Tes prices, everything is down 31%. And if we're looking at USD valuation, which is probably the more depressing number given how much Tes increased, we're down 5.5% for the index.
0: So barely treading water despite crypto net going up quite a bit
1: yes and everything is tanked in test value
0: so half of kind of the initial thesis in january february test was at an all-time low or close to it we had seen across 2022 tez going down in value but usd floors sustaining for the most part ish as tez dropped because test floors would go up and so it was like oh this is interesting as Tez gets cheaper, people are buying Tez and they're willing to like continue to buy these projects as if their USD value is not really being affected. So inversely, as Tez goes up in price, we would expect the Tez floor to come down, but the USD prices to kind of stay the same or should track with the USD price of Tez. But that's not what happened. We had the Tez prices go down, but we just didn't have that, that USD floor go up. It was working until February. So we were good for like four to six weeks. (laughs) But then after that, it's just kind of been like the wheels have really come off. And it's hard to say exactly why.
1: I think it's also fair to say that it would make sense if the value lags quite a bit because the crypto market, it just does whatever it does. Like the price of Tez lags, the price of Ethereum, whatever, ETH. So I assume that the price of art will lag further because you have to get the entire market, which is made up of Many actors, but fewer actors than the crypto market, and people making qualitative decisions, it's going to take a little bit longer to respond. That's one particular look at it, right?
0: Yeah. And of course, like, there's so many confounding factors. There's so many reasons that we can say, like, well, floors would be higher if it wasn't for taxes or, you know, people who need liquidity for real life events. Like, there's all these reasons that people can be flooring stuff or getting worried or just sentiment in general. People are worried about incoming enforcement actions by the U.S. government, banking crises, yeah, impending recession. There's a ton of reasons to attribute this to, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like What we're seeing is that things are down, and so all we can kind of focus on is like, what do we still believe in, and do we view this as an opportunity or not? Yeah. So I don't know. Where are you sitting, Trinity? What do you think?
1: Well, maybe let's take a look. So for context, we have 30 projects on this index. Out of those 30 projects, all but four are down. Out of those, two of them, they're up 2%. So that's treading <laughs> water, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The only winner is defrag.
0: You're looking in test terms here. Okay. So I'm looking
1: this, in test terms. Yeah. Right. I like looking in test terms because it's uh, more dramatic.
0: For sure. So yeah, defrag is up 35% in test terms, up 86% in USD. It has completely bucked the trend of the rest of the index, And it's kind of hard to know why. I mean, it's an animated project. It's by an artist that the community has kind of a love-hate relationship with who isn't even really releasing stuff that frequently on FX Hash or elsewhere, honestly. Like, what has Toxie done recently? I'm not really sure. He's not even on Twitter. Yeah, but he's not even on Twitter. Like, he's on Mastodon or some shit. So I don't even know what he's up to. But this project is up. And I think it's just basically because of a few floor sweeps.
1: We bought some.
0: Yeah, we bought some. But we bought them way below floor.
1: I bought mine for 150.
0: That's it, right? It went from 222 Tez to 300 Tez. It's actually net up listed. It went up from 27 listed to 30 listed, but that floor is, it's a big move just in uh, percentages. Kind of an interesting, weird case.
1: It is. I don't know what to say about it. It's just.
0: It is what it is. It's just an outlier. I mean, the other ones that did well, Loom up 12.5% in Tez, up 55% in USD. Tick by Roxanne up. Just barely in Tez, 2.4%, but up 40% in USD. And Holo, which was swept recently-ish, up 1.69%, very nice. In Tez, up 40% in USD. And that's kind of it in terms of big winners on the chart.
1: What does this tell you about these projects? Are these projects that have long-term stability, or at least quarterly stability? Are they safe bets at this point? Because they're not suffering from the volatility that the other projects have seen. Do you want to be owning these projects or do you want to be buying these projects given that, that now they have a track record?
0: I guess given all the red on the chart, the fact that these have at least sustained or gone up, it feels good. But also I think the thing that we've learned this quarter is that it just takes one or two sales, one or two listings to so dramatically impact these numbers. Even just right before the episode, I was updating some stuff and it was like, wow, someone delisted and it moved a project by 10%. So I don't know if I feel so confident to say like, I mean, most of these, all of these are projects I really like, like Defrag, I own multiple, Tick, I own multiple, I'm trying to get more. hollow I have my one, if, if it was cheaper, I'd probably be trying to get another, but 3000 is a lot. You know, these are all projects I do personally believe in. I guess if I were looking to deploy some Tez, I'd be looking at some of the stuff that's really down, or I'd be second guessing why we have them on the index in the first place if, if we think they're going to be down and stay down. You know what I mean?
1: That's a very fair point. This index was picked at a point in time where the markets were high. It was at the peak of test prices at the very least. And so it was kind of a, a product of early January 2023. But I think that only goes for a couple of these projects. I think there's a larger set that you know have been pretty steady as grails since the very beginning. Or at for least sure. as long as they've been around.
0: Even projects right? like RGB is down 20% in TES but still up 10% in USD. It's considered a staple on the platform. It's actually outperforming projects. It's not outperforming Tez, but it's outperforming most of the projects in the list. You know, Garden Monoliths is basically flat in USD terms from the start of the year. Yeah, some of the bigger projects are at least kind of like holding their value, but they're just not competing but just like holding Tez. Maybe that is like the inverse of the cycle that we saw during the bull market. People were kind of putting their profits into pro- into NFTs. So maybe in the bear market, people are trading out of nfts to just hold these cryptocurrencies instead
1: so maybe it's then a good time to look at the the projects that have really gone down over the last quarter most notably the biggest loss is with grapheme
0: one of my favorites it's there's so actually a really great
1: one on the floor right now it's super rare oh really i need to go look it's a two percent color palette basalt. i've been thinking Ooh. about it but
0: maybe you put in an offer though because if the floor is 225 right now i bet you can get it way lower that floor is down since January in Tez, 48.5% in USD. I think part of that is that, yes, like the data point where we started, right, it was right at the end of this grapheme run.
1: That just is what it is.
0: Same for Art for Wall, same for Take Wing. Like a lot of these projects just had big moments at the end of the year and we chose to start. But still, that's a pretty big fall from the top. Yes. For all of those projects. It is. I've taken advantage, like we both gotten some take wings in the last couple of weeks, right? So I think we both view this as an opportunity to some extent.
1: It definitely is. And I think even for art for walls and public spaces, the floor project, uh, which is currently a thousand TES, it's one of the blank previews. Mm-hmm. But you have to see what Ana Lucia is doing and you have to love what she's doing. You know, she hasn't done a lot recently, at least within the generative art space that is within the purview of space. Stuff that people in FX hash pay attention to. <laughs> right. Sorry, that was a really roundabout way of saying something. But, you know, it's still a- an opportunity. It's just been a kind of a cascading floor at this point. And, you know, it's a really small edition project. There are only 144 of them. It's something that could take off at any point.
0: It just takes like f- three to four sales for it to all of a sudden be in the green.
1: Yeah. And then at that point, it's three to four sales collected and held it's people who are going to wait for the next like up probably in order to take profits
0: we assume yeah <laughs> yeah
1: well we assume um the tender pass is I think the other really big outlier here
0: yeah kind of surprising there's a thousand tender passes there's definitely not one thousand individual people in tender so I guess for the same reason that small schools might be something where if you are heavily invested in the project or in the community and you want to get some liquidity it's a thing that at least for a while, it was fairly liquid to mm-hmm. sell, but I guess we've gotten to the point now where more people are listing than there is appetite to join, or maybe the circle of people who want to join tender have already joined. I'm not sure if the broader community at this point, maybe people are not watching like hawks, waiting for these things to drop down, because mostly when they get bought, they're being bought by current tenders. What I've noticed.
1: Yeah, and I think that's just a sign of people who are in tender really believing in it, especially if you only have one or two and you're looking to be a long-term holder, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I'm wondering if part of the movement on these because it actually has changed quite a bit in listing. It's went from 29 listed to 47 listed, which, you know, that's a decent number. It's an increase it's of lot. 62%. I guess we'll have to see if that holds if and when more tender collaborations are being announced, because I know that that for many people is going to be part of the major value add for being in tender
0: and the discord. The <laughs> discord
1: know? is the number one thing. I think, I think it's the community, but I also understand that this is. is a financial decision,
0: but at this point at 380 Tez to get into such an excellent community, if you've been on the fence, like you can probably even get some lower on offers just jump in, see what the Discord is like at, the, at that price. And if you don't like it, you can probably get out and break even. It's fun in there. We, we enjoy it. Yeah. But I don't want to dwell too much on this. I mean, we kind of knew where we were where we were going to end up in the last couple of weeks as we were tracking this stuff. The only two things I'll shout out on the bubble, the extra projects that we are kind of tracking, the biggest winner was there in A Stitch is Fine, which is up 111% in test terms, 191% in USD. Probably mostly off of you and one other person buying some that got floored and keeping that supply pretty low. I mean there's only six listed there were six listed in January. So it must have been you and some other people who who bought some trips. I bought below the one seventy seven floor. Oh did you? Yeah. Well, pretty crazy to see it up that much.
1: I bought one for one sixty nine and another for one seventy five.
0: Sell. No. You're way up. No, don't sell.
1: I have one listed actually but it's not the floor piece, it's a few above.
0: On the bubble, we also have our biggest decline since January in Southern Gothic. For the most part, a victim of when we took the snapshot at the time, there had been a huge one on the project because people were really excited about getting reserves on some like open edition things or whatever that Willard was doing on the east side. It was up at 1650 TES when we first started the index. The floor is now down to 345 an almost 80% loss in Tez terms and a 71% decrease in USD floors. That is crazy.
1: If you're paying attention, folks, that is just a sign that if a project is running, sell.
0: Sell, don't buy. And if you bought, I hope you're really enjoying the ETH pieces you got because you paid for it, unfortunately. Twice. Yeah, okay, so depressing moment over. We'll be back next quarter, (laughs) next week, next month, with additional updates. What are some of the fun pickups you had this week, Trinity? We both had some great stuff that we got.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go through some pickups that I didn't get a chance to talk about last week because we talked about so many other things. But Gossamer from Lars Wander is a a great pickup that I made. I actually made it on an accidental offer. Not a collection offer, regular offer. I had an offer sitting out there and it had been sitting there for weeks and weeks and all of a sudden it was accepted. So I was like, oh, forgot about this. I now hold a really nice Gossamer, actually, number 66. and. It's two pieces. Like it's the like the rainbow colors and Oh, this one's a good one. Yeah.
0: I considered putting an offer on this one too. Congrats. This is a nice one.
1: Somebody had an offer higher than mine, but they canceled it the same day that it was accepted. So I got lucky. That's funny. I'm really happy to hold this. You know, it's a project that's been up and down, but I really like everything that Lars is doing. And so I think this is kind of like a no brainer to have I like to have more. So maybe a collection offers and Yeah. You know, I also picked up a take wing which you had picked up one of the weeks i was out yours was 300 if i recall correctly and this one was floored for 199 it's a really nice vibrant red one that just is like on fire absolutely and i love everything that melissa does and you know when the current floor is 500 it felt like a really good buy
0: that's crazy yeah i got mine for 299 yours is super nice wow congrats great pickup.
1: The other really big pickup that I had this week was a punk weld for 300 Tez. This is one of the top tier rarity punks. It has not just a horizon, it has one, two, three, four, five horizons in it, uh, multi tier. It looks like a little bit like a cactus based off of the Twitter thread that we had going earlier this year.
0: Or someone holding like a laptop,
1: (laughs) a very very tall laptop. It's like a weird 1980s laptop. I'll go with cactus. But it was like just a couple above floor at the time. It was an insane listing. I know that you wanted it, right?
0: I could have beaten you because I was up. I saw this one listed at like three or four in the morning on one of the nights that the baby was sick. And she was fussing in the bed. She was really hot from fever. I was getting up to make her some cool like milk to drink to kind of cool her down. And um, I'm scrolling Discord on my phone. I saw this pop up and I was like, holy shit, like this is an insane punk. I can't believe someone's trying to get rid of it at this price. I should just go buy it right now. But I was like, no, the market's so bad. It'll be there at 7 or 8 a.m. when I'm like more awake and I can go to the computer. Like, I should just get back to sleep, feed this baby. By the time I log in, it was like, you had smashed it. I mean, this is not a horizon trinity. This I know is it's a, not. a banded. This is a 4.4% background banded true, which by the way, I'm just seeing here. That they incorporated searching by features. You can click in the features here and like find background banded true, like immediately just from there, which is really cool, actually.
1: Some of these ones that look like Horizons actually just are banded.
0: And some of them don't even look like they're banded at all. But yours has this very nice colorful banding to it. I mean, it is not to gas you up, but it's like probably one of the better ones in the series.
1: I think it's rarity rank number five, based <sighs> off of Tender. I mean, I'm surprised that it lasted from 3 a.m. till 7 a.m. when I bought it. I was, again, changing the baby. And as soon as that finished, I was like, ran to my laptop, opened it up because it it just felt like it would be impossible that it was still available.
0: Babies are the alpha. Babies (laughs) are the alpha. You know, you're up at all hours of the day, just able to check and be on top of things. So huge congrats on that one. I'm jealous.
1: Thanks for not buying it.
0: I put the test to good use. So if I had right. bought that one, I wouldn't have had the test with the other things I did this week. So
1: what did you get this week? Do your pickups.
0: So this week was about physical stuff for me. And it started with a plotter piece that I bought on object from Threesfold, who you'll probably remember from the uh, generative postcard project. Which I think for both of us was probably some of the earliest, if not the first, like physical pieces we've ever obtained through. I got it in the mail.
1: I still have it here on my desk.
0: It was a great use of Tentez or whatever it was at the time to get someone mailing you a little plottable postcard from Europe. Like just such a cool piece. So of course we follow Threesfold on Twitter, and they have been putting out insane, insane pieces. But I never noticed them like selling them. Right? It was always just like cool videos of these amazing pens making making these like insanely. Topographical, like amazing depth, awesome colors—just everything about these plotter pieces. They look unreal; they, they don't look like plotter pieces. When I click through the object, finally to check them out, and they're like barely more than hundred tes. It's like one hundred and ten tes shipped. Wow! For a piece, I am like, oh my god! Like I am just gonna buy one of these. Like these are insane. So I have one of those coming. I'll send you a link so we can put it in the notes. But when it gets here, I'll post pictures of it, of course. Definitely. And then the other crazy thing, huge benefit, honestly, of being in tender this week. Marcel Schwitlick, who, if you listen to Arbitrarily Deterministic, I'm sure you've heard this name a lot. We haven't had really occasion to talk about him as much on the, on the show here, but he's another artist who makes a ton of awesome, plottable stuff. It's generative, but he doesn't do it like on FX Hash. He's more about, I think, everything he does comes with a physical component. Like it's always physical plus NFT. And he made this piece called Octet, and you can see some cool videos of. The whole performance. It was like a three day performance with all these different plotters, these vintage plotters he had. All these wires, he's like playing music, and the plotters are kind of composing the plots along with this, I guess, music that he's improvising. And if you were in Tender, you could bid on it or submit offers on object to get one of the 60 pieces that he made as part of this performance. And so. I actually scored two of them because I've been wanting some physicals from myself for a long time. And I thought they were well out of my reach. The verse ones all went for like 500 plus dollars when they did his plotter pieces. I got two at 130 Tez each. I still have to pay shipping, but I'm super excited.
1: And it's part of the performance, which is really cool. Uh, the, the The video is amazing.
0: Very excited for these and just grateful because uh, the way that they structured it was if you put in an offer over a hundred Tez, and you had a tender pass in the wallet, that was like going to be the first pass of who they accepted. So there were some people who I think were in the top 60 offers who did not have tender passes, and they got passed over. So random utility of being a tender. Worth the
1: 380 TES tender floor.
0: I mean, honestly, if you consider how much... The verse pieces cost, it actually was well worth it right there. You basically pay for it yourself. I actually don't know which two I got. We're going to find out early next week. They're going to like lottery off the pieces. So I'll see which two I'm getting. And then the third thing I picked up this week was a Fuga uh, Tientas on verse, the Alejandro piece. I actually accepted an offer on one of my two Jerez pieces there. The one I minted, I didn't like as much as the one I bought. And so I sold one for like 95 and I was able to roll that into a Fuga so happy to have one of those.
1: Interesting. How was your offer experience uh, overall on Verse now that we also have that on FXHash?
0: It's different, you know, because Verse has KYC. So I found out about the offer in email, which is great. So I just checked my email and it said someone made a global offer. I accepted it on the one that I preferred to sell. And immediately it just said, you have $95 in your account minus whatever the royalties were, right? in the fees. So I had just enough to go... Get one of the floor pieces. I so think you
1: bought one. You of- didn't get one on offer because that would have been. No, no, no. The- I
0: sold on offer and then I just bought off the floor. Okay. It was a piece that I really liked and it was like, uh, I'm not going to nickel and dime here. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Great week for both of yeah.
1: us. Does that also have a physical component or can you get one?
0: I was asking Alejandro about it. So, not yet. We need to see if maybe Tender can step in there or another printing service because I'm actually getting a print from him of my Infantines too. So that is on its way sometime soon. I would love to have this to go with it. Amazing. Figure it out, Jamie, if you're listening. Oh,
1: he's listening.
0: <laughs> he hates physical stuff. So I'm sure he hates this whole segment about me collecting physical stuff.
1: <laughs> Meanwhile, the entirety of verse, it's just physical piece after physical piece physical pieces, on the wall, yeah. which actually is really amazing. Thinking about the, yeah. the panel for next week. Definitely. So those were our pickups. What about projects this week i mean technically octet came out this week but you know whatever yeah. it's not an fx hash piece so we don't care i mean we care enough for the purpose of this segment
0: my favorite then was let me fall by eric andwer andwer it's been a long time ish since the last eric piece uh, actually i guess maybe not i mean he did that piece called "Tempe, arizona back in february so not too long ago but it really wasn't my favorite of his work you know kind of like the tree motif
1: it's no Grian or brosser.
0: Yeah. I know you still love brosser a lot, but this to me let me fall at its core, it feels like what I want from generative art.
1: What do you want from generative art?
0: I want pieces that feel that they kind of emerge from nothing or they just like emerge from the rules. I feel like we see a lot of generative pieces that are very templatey, very cookie cutter. You can tell that there is a little bit of like templating going on underneath, but there's enough stuff in here that helps The pieces break out of their templates find diversity find like emergent cool compositions and just colorful variations that it's just like to me seeing this piece just flipping through it like i was just like whoa like this is different this is different this is different like look at how the colors are here it just got me excited flipping through it in a way that a lot of pieces haven't recently and i just balled out it was only 10 tests i let it get down to the bottom tier i just minted 10 of them like i just thought that they were insane I'm not actually sure which my favorite is at this point. (laughs) I think they're all really cool. I know you said you thought maybe Grian was still your favorite. No,
1: I think Brosser is my favorite.
0: Or sorry. Yeah, Brosser.
1: Like there are some cool ones here. It's very close to mint price. It is. Obviously, it's pretty low listings given that it was such a long mint. I've seen some go on collection offer below mint for what it's worth.
0: I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean... I think that this is a piece where it was really slow to mint out. And then when it became clear, it would mint out and people liked it. I'm sure some people piled it at the end to try to flip, but that's just not a thing you can do right now. (laughs) You know, like you just can't get away with flipping like that.
1: Yeah. I have the marketplace page open right now and I'm trying to see which of the ones close to the floor, like would speak to me. And honestly, I think the one that is the closest to that, like, the emergent generative vibe that you're talking about is maybe 322, which from a color palette perspective, it's just very muted. It's uh, very like earth tones. But the way that the the pattern is there with the grain, like just kind of like the imperfect dots, like lined up in an imperfect grid. I think that it's very interesting, which is a terrible word, but I'll use it anyway.
0: You get a lot of like fields vibes from it, Yeah. right? Another Eric out there making cool stuff. And I, and I think maybe that's one of the things like looking a little higher up and not, it's not that much higher up, but like at 16 and a half TES, number 130, mm-hmm. this composition just feels so unplanned to me. It feels like the code found its way to this in like a really novel, just random,
1: Yeah, I see what happy you mean. accident kind of there There's some parts of it that are a little bit fuzzier, like, and like the top parts and then like there's yeah. those really strict, more robust banded lines closer to the bottom
0: just kind of like looking at the structure of it feels closer to like a tick or a bingo, mm-hmm. right? Whereas like the one you just called out feels closer to like an Eric Swan piece. And to me, that's what makes this so cool is like there are some that are really narrow, some that have really well-defined shapes, some where the shapes are just entirely emergent and seem to follow no rules. I mean, the ones that I like the least are the ones that kind of incorporate the little like- Stars. The one on the very floor here that has like the, yeah, the little hearts and the little spiral and the star in it. I'm not sure what was going on with those inclusions and like what the purpose of them were. Maybe it plays into the theme a little bit, but to me, they kind of detract. Like, I think this project was plenty, plenty good without forcing these little design elements into them. But for the most part, they don't
1: happen. Yeah. I think it's risky enough that I would be hesitant to put a collection offer out just for that particular reason. But it is an amazing project. I think that it would have been awesome to see this at 1,500 pieces, you know? Yeah pull that Liam Egan.
0: Yeah. I just think it's a great project. I'm probably going to continue to buy something. like This could be like my 2023 sediments, you know?
1: That's a uh, big talk coming from you. I'll be sure to not sell them to you because you don't want to buy the ones that I have.
0: Oh, the sediments? Yeah.
1: I don't have any more sediments, but...
0: <laughs> I tried very hard to make sediments happen. It, it didn't happen. So this year I'll be pushing Let Me Falls instead. <laughs> but it's good to see other people really like them. You know, it was a slow mint, and I do believe most of the people who minted them, minted them because they thought they were legitimately great.
1: Yeah, and that helped generate the momentum to get it minted out for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it hadn't minted out, I would think that would be another really bad signal for the primary performance on all of this.
0: I was very worried. <laughs> Especially
1: as we go into releasing a collaboration project. Yeah, it's obviously. Oh my boring. God,
0: I'm terrified. But you had a cool project this week that you have in your favorites, and you have a kind of a story, a personalized story behind it. So I, I want to hear what, Trinity you have to say about your favorite this week. All right. So
1: my favorite this week is uh, Nearest Neighbor, 22.10.19. I don't know. There's a bunch of numbers at the end, .png. <laughs> For me, this is really about the artist more than the art, and it's by Morgan Higby Flowers who is somebody that I went to high school with. And it makes sense that he's releasing awesome, cool art. This project is um, kind of a glitched out version of some of the digital art that he releases on Object. He came across my Twitter feed a couple of weeks ago and I was like, wow, this guy, I forgot about him. It makes sense that he's releasing art because his parents were the art teachers at my high school. And you know this. Well, your mom is an, an art teacher and I guess you know what it's like being the art teacher's kid.
0: Sort of, yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It was in his dad's painting class. It must have been my sophomore or junior year that I learned that I am a terrible painter. (laughs) His dad was really great about it. You know, he helped me out. He taught me different techniques. But there was just something about light and color that just I did not comprehend at all. And I still have a hard time comprehending. Apparently, you use white to make light. (laughs) I know that's the most obvious thing. I know that Ken is off in the corner, like just shaking his head at me.
0: It's a hard hitting art podcast, folks.
1: (laughs) Hey, I was like 16 at the time.
0: And you're like, white? I never play white in magic. Don't even tell me about this color. (laughs) I was on
1: my magic hiatus at the time. so
0: (laughs) You weren't even thinking about that. Okay.
1: Anyway, I like the piece too. It was 30 editions, one Tez. I minted seven of them because why not? blast from the past it's
0: it's cool and that's such an interesting coincidence and i was really sorry to hear that you were not contemporary with this artist because i would have loved to have them on the show just to hear them tell stories about knowing you in high school but alas
1: (laughs) we would probably know each other's names but we weren't friends we were maybe in like a club together at some point but Mm. you know there's a two-year age difference so he's your contemporary why aren't you friends
0: Morgan, hit us up in the DMs if you have a memory of Trinity here. If you, can. <laughs> all right, top projects. Pretty light week, but we have two here. I guess the biggest one was probably the Annabella surprise drop today, right? Yeah,
1: that was a complete surprise drop. I've collected some Annabella work on Object, and I she's one of the few people I have in my Crypto Noises feed. So every mm-hmm. time she lists, I, I get something happening
0: did you manage to mint these or were you afk i was
1: afk i was in the car with the baby going to the climbing gym which is a whole other fun experience doing laps while she's trying to sleep
0: hey can you turn the hip-hop down uh my baby's trying to sleep
1: actually when i went into the gym it was complete silence which was nice and then just as she was falling asleep they like started blaring j-pop of all genres i don't know why i haven't heard j-pop in years uh she was not a fan
0: i bet (laughs)
1: But anyway, uh, yeah,
0: I didn't mint this one either. It minted in like a couple blocks. It was like instantly gone. I feel like it got botted, I, and I, I don't think we've said that in a while. <laughs> but there's a ton for sale right now, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah, this was 200 editions, 10 tes. Anna's first drop on FX Hash. I don't actually think that she's a generative artist necessarily. I think a lot of her work on object are like. It's like paintings and sketches and stuff that then she scans in or or does stuff. So this is an interesting turn from her. And Alejandro actually was the one who helped her get this coded up. I don't know if you would know that because he's not on the primary or the secondary or acknowledged in the description. But shout out to Alejandro for helping out with this one.
1: It's related to her object worked. Definitely. Right.
0: I'm actually not super familiar. I mean, I know a lot of Tender's love anna's work and i've jumped over and followed links but i don't know i really want to buy like if i'm going to buy a physical scan of a piece like i want to get the physical within so i've never like moved in on her stuff on object even though i do think it does look cool i would say i've i've not really explored deep so what what pieces do you connect this to or in what way well
1: a lot of her pieces on object they kind of follow a similar pattern specifically like with the frame and then items Mm. within the frame I think that's really a big signature of of a lot of the work that she's put out there. And we could always link to her object profile. But it's also very different because her pieces on object, they're very liquid. It's like very fluid. It's like piles of ink that aren't even like interacting like an oil spill, but it's just piles of ink on top of each other in a way or very frequently. Mm. And so this piece has a ton of angularity, like the straight rigid lines, but there's still that construct of the frame that really ties it into the work that she releases elsewhere.
0: What is your take on this one here, Two Shapes? Is this one that you're going to be watching? I mean, 68 have already sold. There's still 47 for sale. It's just under 2X Mint on the floor. I could see people continue to buy it, or I could see it coming down. It's kind of in that weird middle zone where I'm not sure which way it's going to go.
1: Yeah, it's hard to tell. This is one that I would put a collection offer on. I think we've seen a couple already get accepted on this particular. I was going to buy maybe one like there's a really nice pink one that was pretty close to the floor that i was going to grab i forget which one it was and now it's gone (laughs) now it's gone i think sand cat picked it up how dare he
0: these are like somewhere between like a Yazid piece and an iskra piece i mean they're very minimal Mm -hmm. i'm actually not sure how i like them or not
1: are there certain palettes that speak to you more because there's definitely some that i think the overall construct works with better
0: some of these like blue on pink are nice like There's two around 20 Tez that are blue on pink. Someone has one listed way high here at 50 Tez that's like white on green, number 191, with two triangles facing each other, not overlapping. So that's probably a little bit more of a rare output in that sense. I saw someone on Twitter post one that was like two that were like perfectly kissing at their tips. So I guess it's just kind of like finding ones that you see something that you enjoy Mm -hmm. in.
1: You know what this reminds me of a little bit? Clift.
0: Yeah, definitely. But without the time element and all the cool stuff that comes with Yeah, Clift.
1: I think uh, with Clift by Ada, 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 you, first of all, it's a completely different project, but with kind of like the opposing triangles and pieces.
0: I definitely was thinking that before, and I'm glad you brought that up. It's a, another good comparison. So I don't know. I would watch this one. I need to go get more familiar with Anna's work again. And it is really cool to see her jumping over to FX Hash. And I was happy to see her an audience here because it's hard to know how aware are people here of artists over there who don't necessarily make generative work mm-hmm. or aren't known for it. Right. So that was really encouraging. I
1: think she see. has a really big object following as well. And I'm sure that a lot of them could have followed her here as well. Her stuff goes really fast.
0: Yeah. So great project there. The other one to mention this week that minted out and also I think got fairly flipped is Fion or Fion by Flynn's. Flint's is back. Another surprise drop, basically. It was in the queue for, I think, just a day or so.
1: This was at risk of not minting out, I thought. It was super slow again.
0: Yeah, I thought so, too. It was a 300 edition 7 Tez. To be honest, it wasn't my favorite. You know, I was playing with it. in The variations, I really loved the last one, 300. And I was like, this is an interesting, weird direction that Flint's is going here. Something about the project kind of felt a little incomplete to me.
1: Interesting.
0: It is like really random, right? But it's almost like too random. It feels almost a little underdeveloped in the randomness of it. Just playing with it in the queue and flipping through, I really wasn't getting a lot of outputs that felt super satisfying to
1: me. It's interesting because earlier you were talking about the templatization of generative art being something that you shy away from. And if this is so thoroughly untemplated that it... No, I know.
0: (laughs) I I know that there's a little bit of a contradiction there, but if you're looking at that spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. There's like cookie cutter templated generative art. We're gonna make a choice here and a choice here and a choice here, but each choice is like very determined, and you end up getting very predictable outcomes. Like, and there are some artists who are really good at this, right? And people really like it, like District Collective. Their stuff, in my opinion, is like very templated, but people also really like that it's because
1: high taste. It's amazing because
0: it's high taste. The colors are great. The textures are great. Like the templates are very good, but inevitably, when you look through their outputs. You find a couple that are like nearly identical because they're doing this very highly defined thing within the algorithm but then you also get your my first p5 project where it's just like random walks so that's very random and no two might be the same is there anything emergent and fun and good out of that that's the other side of like just being maybe too random and to me this one at least in the queue felt like too random for me although looking through the number of outputs here there are some that came out really nice. It actually reminds me a little bit of the Alluvium project.
1: Oh, chaos research.
0: Chaos research. But some don't. Some just feel like kind of weird blobs.
1: Interesting. I was going to go with an anti-flow comparison. Oh, I can see
0: that too. Yeah. But maybe that's part Especially of the Especially the ones where the squares are more apparent. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. It really can go either way.
0: Maybe it just needs time for it to grow on me. But I ended up not minting even though I had the chance to.
1: Collection offers
0: collection offers or maybe i'll just find some that really speak to me i still am a big fan of flint and a big believer just this one i i haven't found like my personal connection to it yet well,
1: it's also a really big deviation from a lot of the work that you love and that you've gotten printed yeah. you know more of the uh the kilt kari lind phase
0: the line work the line yeah, work just like yeah. the very hand-drawn type of thing but that's cool right like i want to see artists like change and evolve when I saw this piece, like my intuition was like, this is like a study in doing something new. That's why I say it didn't feel complete to me. It feels like Flynn's experimenting in something new. It may be a new direction, but not a fully realized project yet.
1: It's totally fair. But it minted out 300 editions. That's pretty impressive. The, the rate itself was <laughs> slow, but it got there, which is more than we can say got for there. many many projects. And it days. got some sales. Yeah.
0: It saw some action in the secondary. And I will watch it for sure and see if there's any that, that look good to me. Yeah. Keep going, Flynn's. We love your stuff.
1: It's, it's great work. Love to see you grow. Yeah. I mean, with that, maybe it's time to talk about some of the shout outs for projects that did not mint yeah. out. But as I said last week, it's still available for you to love now.
0: Lessons learned. I think maybe 50 Tez is the new 500 Tez. <laughs> we have two projects here. One by Landlines called Suspension. That was a Params project. One by Chris McCauley called Icarus each trying to go for a 50 test price point. So very much an end of 2022 pricing paradigm here. Neither have minted out. So suspension was 400 editions, there's 89 minted, Icarus, 200 editions, only 15 minted, but notably both projects still open, which is great to see that the artists haven't burned them because you could see a future where the market comes back and people find appreciation for these and want to mint them mm-hmm. when 50 isn't doesn't feel so insurmountable. Yeah.
1: I mean, Landlines did go back and burn that one project, the textiley one.
0: They burned Influence, mm-hmm. but that was from a long time ago. Yeah,
1: It's definitely, um, there's a market mismatch here. But I think that the pricing is probably in coordination with how much work was put into it. We've been seeing works in progress on this for a really long time. Granted, part of that really long time could have been due to the Perham's delay.
0: I will say to Landlines' credit, he did a really good job getting out there and like promoting the piece and self-curating some too, which is an interesting angle with a Params project, mm-hmm. right? At one point it had stalled out and he started minting them and being like, here's one I just minted. Like you can go and buy it and selling them at mint price. That's really clever. And that's something an artist couldn't do or, or near mint price. I see one he has listed right now for 60 tes. So this is like that provenance thing, right? Like I'm the artist, I know the algorithm. I'm going to make some really cool ones, put them on my social media, highlight what makes this project special, and then you get to buy one from me at or near the mint price. And it's like one that I made, this memorialized there on the blockchain. That is just like a really cool thing that you couldn't do until Params was introduced.
1: That's a really great point. I hadn't really thought about it, but in that way, I don't know if we'd really run into many market situations where that would be relevant, but... You're absolutely right. And I think we saw Heavy do some of that with his project last week as well.
0: Oh, did he? I didn't notice that.
1: You're too busy on the beach.
0: I didn't even bring my computer. I was so disconnected last week.
1: It's nice. I think it's always a little bit scary when you disconnect like that because it's like, oh, do I want to reconnect?
0: It makes you think scary things. Like, what if we didn't make the podcast anymore? (laughs) You know? Like
1: we'd have a lot more free time.
0: But what do you think of suspension, Trinity? I mean, I was kind of like not super into it. When I saw the previews, I'm kind of into the mints I'm seeing that people have made.
1: Which mints are you more into? Like the ones that have a lot of the lines or the ones that are slightly more boxy, if it were? Because this is obviously, and we called this out at the time, similar to that one SDN project that came out a month or so ago, Arrow.
0: I put this into the category of things that are like really, really technically interesting and probably difficult to make work. But to me... This is like a code is the art versus like the final output is the art type of project yeah. for me. I don't really care so much about the f- actual idea of floating buildings connected by wires. The pieces that I do like, though, are like number 60 here, I think this is a very cool variation that I am not seeing anyone else like come up with anything close to it. So seeing that type of output accomplished by someone who worked really hard with the parameters like that's really cool to me
1: number 56 just number
0: 56 too is such a wild one right it's just
1: like a bunch of little disconnected like platform squares with one larger platform
0: so did you play with this one because no. it suffers from the loading time incredibly yeah which is another thing that put me off from it i started playing with it in the queue and it was like 30 plus seconds sometimes Ugh. to get the token to load and then you make a tiny change and you're waiting another 30 seconds
1: At that point, you just let's roll one randomly.
0: That was kind of where I was sitting with it. was like I would have much preferred this to be 20 Tez random than 50 Tez. Do you get to make them in? But it's going to take you hours of waiting and waiting. So honestly, kudos to people who like really worked hard on these. Also number 29, this like black and white, like drippy mono island. Yeah. There's cool stuff in here. But man, I just don't have the patience to sit and wait for it to load and figure it out.
1: Or you need a better laptop, although it is taking its sweet old time right now.
0: <laughs> for you too. Yeah. I think it's cool. 50s is too much for most people right now, but I think Landlines found a really interesting thing to do self curating. So hopefully they keep that up. Yep. Maybe it will take a burn eventually. Hard to say. Well, what do you think about the Chris piece? Just talk about that one briefly. I
1: think it's really beautiful, to be honest. So it's Icarus and, you know, really playing on the theme of Icarus the wealthy maxi guy guy, fall from the sky don't go (laughs) too close to the sun Icarus the wings and the ways that they're created out of these really disparate shapes and colors but you still kind of get that effect it's really beautiful and I think the color work in here is also really beautiful it is again I think it's something that it was a price mismatch completely based off of the market at the time but again, we know that Chris is working to be a full-time artist and you need to- got to
0: price your work. Accordingly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I understand, right? Like 200 Tez, like this is a piece that is very tightly confined. You're always going to get this winged creature in there. So you can't just go, oh, I'll make this a thousand pieces and just do it for five Tez, right? It just wouldn't work probably for a project like this. Every piece has this winged glider in it. So I I get the inclination to go lower on additions and go higher on price, but 50 is just so much right now. So much.
1: Yeah. So we'll see if this gets burned or if this sees more mints over time. It's interesting to see what Chris is doing with pricing, to be honest, because obviously we had Trust, which sold out at 100. You know, I think the floor is now around 20 or so. And then Rebuild at 30... And that minted out pretty quickly a as well. Huge
0: secondary market action Yeah, on that one.
1: It seems like he's trying to find his fit in the market, going up, going down. But obviously, the market itself has its own personality. It's not just the, what, how is your work doing, but is how is your work doing within the context of all of the other projects out there.
0: Hard time to be a professional artist, for sure. It's hard enough to make a project people want to collect, but then to have to nail the pricing like that and have to make a decision... Can I really afford to sell this for 20 Tez when I want to get 50 Tez? That's a really unfortunate position to be in.
1: I mean, that's also why we have Dutch auctions, right?
0: Yeah, true. So yeah, both of those are still open for Mint. Go check them out. Trinity. So other than our collab, what are we looking ahead towards? What are we excited about?
1: Well, you have one listed here, which was the new project by Protocell Labs, which is, I think, just tagged generative art, not tagged FX hash yet. But this is a piece. Thank you for bringing it to the attention.
0: Yeah, Protocell Labs doesn't release that often on FX Hash, but they release pretty cool stuff. They've donated some of their projects to us in the past. Um, Obscurum from back when? Like February? Something like
1: that. January? Tender Icon.
0: Tender Icon. It was a pretty solid hit on the platform. They are kind of like in that shader master kind of category of artist. And. Yeah, check out the links in the show notes to this project they have coming. It's not titled. I'm pretty sure at some point they said it was going to be a params project or an FX hash project. Otherwise, I wouldn't have necessarily put it in here. But it feels like it's close. They've been tweeting a lot of different palettes and different compositions. excited for this one. Hopefully, it's not like 50 tests though.
1: I'm seeing a video in here as well that shows it being animated. It's really yeah bonkers. Cool. The still is great. It makes me think of Giant Steps.
0: The still is actually way more exciting to me than the animated video. I was I was almost like when I saw that I was like, no, don't animate it. Like, don't do that to yourself. You know that people aren't gonna want it to be animated. So hopefully it's like a click to destroy and not like an automatic. Yeah. Thing. But, but yeah, definitely it looks like to be a very technically impressive project, but also a very interesting one. I bet it'll have some great thumbnails. Anything else? I mean, I know we had the Anna piece on here, but then it released today. Unexpectedly. So, <laughs> unexpectedly. So not anything else that I can really think of then, right?
1: Let's take a quick, a quick run through the uh, through the queue.
0: There are some projects that are gonna be like minted or like live minted next week, right? As part of NFT NYC. Like there's that one artist that people were interested in. It was gonna be their first project in FX hash. Ah, I forget what
1: it's And that came was. out today. What was it? Oh wait, maybe it didn't
0: no, I don't think it did. Not protozoo. No,
1: it looks like the Proto-Zoo, though.
0: There's another person. Also, we kind of like skimmed over the fact that Holger Littman released another treat. We also
1: skimmed over the fact that MJ Lindo released a whole bunch of stuff on Verse.
0: Oh, yeah. I guess we can touch on that next week because we're really long on time. But Verse has an exhibit going on right now. Yep. All right. Well, welcome back to both of us, Trinity. Thank you, as always, for recording. It was great to be back. Love doing the show with you.
1: Yeah. I mean... Unless the token fails and then we have to unless the token quit fails. To <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the show could not support us in Mexico even at this point.
1: Well damn.
0: All right. Well, that's it for this one, everyone. We'll see you all again next week. Hopefully meet a bunch of you at NFT NYC. Stay tuned for more info on the Thomas Noya Collab project. Check out the show notes. That's it. Bye everyone.